Isaiah 55 and 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways, everybody say his ways, are higher than my ways, and my th- are his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Amen. I think we can all agree with that today. Amen. God is above us. God is, God is, uh, there's no one like him. <laughs> uh, we, we can't even fathom who he is. And that's what uh, amazes me, the opportunity to stand here today in his presence. That God, who we cannot truly even fathom with our minds, because it's not powerful enough to even understand who he is. The one who created us in our mother's wombs. That's who I'm talking about today. So for a few moments, Brother Ryan, if you got my slide up there, where I'm going to be talking on this loving God for who he is. Loving God for who he is. If we'd put our Bibles down, let's lift our hands, and let's ask the Lord today just to speak to our hearts right now. God, we ask you, Lord, we thank you, God, right now in this place for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for God showing up. Lord, God, we begin to worship you. We came together unified, Lord, and God, with our voices. God, I pray right now, God, if you would, to meet us, Lord, in the in the latter part of this service today. God, if you would, show up, Lord, uh, through your word today. God, let the anointing flow today, I pray. Uh, God, upon uh, every ear and every heart and every mind, Jesus. Uh, God, help us to comprehend a little bit, God, of who you are today, Jesus. Uh, God, I pray right now, God, help us to leave, Lord, God, with a new revelation, Lord God, of uh, God, who you are, God, let us fall in love, God, with who you are, God, the attributes of who you are today, Jesus, uh, God, let it get in our hearts, Lord, and change us today, we thank you, Lord, we worship you in Jesus' name, amen, once you shake two or three hands before you're seated, I got you, most of you are already seated, find a few people, shake their hands, make sure you welcome them today. good to be friendly in the house of God, to shake hands and amen. Today, I I want us to understand something. I want us to truly try to comprehend who he is, and I know that's not always easy to do, Uh, but I believe that it is easy, it's easy to say that everyone in this house this morning loves God. Amen? If You've been standing a lot. I won't make you stand, so I'll kind of reverse it. If you don't love him, Brother Sam, you're excluded because you're guarding the door. Stand up if you don't love him. So it's easy to say, (laughs) we were together, Brother Sam. It's easy to say that everyone in this place loves God. You wouldn't be here if there wasn't some level of love and respect in you for God. So whether you've been in a relationship with him for a few months or maybe you've been in a relationship with him for many, many years, we all love the Lord. We sing about it. We sing the song, Falling in Love. With Jesus, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I've ever, ever done. Man, that sounded good. My goodness. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know there's going to be a choir loft in the new church. Just saying. I'm working on getting choir robes. I'm being serious. I really am. But we we sing about him. We sing these songs of it, fall in love with Jesus. We sing, uh, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice 
Sing that one one more time. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul. Come on, feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ears. Can somebody just love on him for a moment right now in this place? God, I feel you in this place right now, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. God, I love you. I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's another song that I remember singing. I, I kind of was trying to figure out when we did this one, but I don't think we've ever done it here. But it says, I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. I just want to tell you that I love you more than anything. It sounds like a love letter to Jesus. I mean, anybody know that one? I love you, Jesus. Mm. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you that I love you more than anything. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. I just want to tell you that I love you more than anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's something begins to happen when you, when you begin to voice your love. When you begin to voice your love for somebody, it begins to move. I'm telling you right now, what, what, you, what you're experiencing right now is that your heart is opening up and you're telling him, I love you. And when you begin to say, I love you, his spirit begins to be drawn into this place. He can't help but respond to your love. That's what you're feeling right now in this place. You're feeling the Holy Ghost begin to come and wrap itself around you and say, I love you too. I love you, Life Point. I love this church. I love this city. I love what you're doing. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We sing it. We sing these words. We say it in our prayers. We say, uh, God, I love you. God, I adore you. That there's no one like you, God. It's in our prayers. It's in our, our worship. It's in our songs. And that's why when you get into the prayer closet that you feel something begin to happen when you begin to love on Jesus. You see, it's easy to fall in love with God. 1 John 4.19 says, we love him because he first loved us. It's easy to love someone who gave their life for you. Whether you know them or not, there's going to be a love and appreciation for them. I've seen multiple stories throughout my life. of I've seen stories of someone that... 
uh, would, that had passed away and their loved one was an organ donor. And, and I, I saw one story uh, specifically that someone had given uh, up their heart. It was a young man in his 20s had given up his heart and his heart was transplanted uh, into another 20-some-year-old young man. And, and years later, the family of the young man who passed away came in and got to meet the donor. And they said instantly they couldn't help it. When they heard the heart beating, the mama said, she said, I just instantly fell in love with this young man. And it was because, you got to understand, and this young man in return said, I just, I couldn't help it. I just loved his family. And now they have become like family. It was because somebody gave a life to save another. And when somebody saves your life, it's easy to love that individual. It's easy to love Jesus. They don't have to work hard to earn your love when you know they laid down your life for you. That it's easy to love my God. But I'll tell you right now, but it is not easy to fall in love with the ways of God. And that's what we're going to talk about. That's not as easy to do. It's easy to sing about falling in love with Jesus. It's easy to sing about Falling in love with the maker and falling in love with my God, the one who gave everything for me. It's easy to fall in love with him. But when he turns around and says, now I'm going to ask you to take up your cross and follow me. I'm going to ask you to now not just to love me, but I'm asking you to love my ways. It gets a little harder because we control our love for him. And he controls his ways. We just have to follow them. Anyone here have a person in your life that you love, but you don't care about their ways? I know there's a lot more hands that's wanting to go up right now. That you love that individual, but you don't care for how they're living their life right now. You don't care for their ways. You love them, but you don't like how they act. You don't like the decisions they're making. That what they have to offer isn't great, but you love them anyhow. I know y'all got family members like that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You got that one, you show up to family reunion, you're like, oh, Aunt So-and-So's here. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. And then she walks up, I love you. I love you too. Uh-huh. Oh, Aunt So-and-so likes to test all the food before everybody else gets to it. You're like, oh, oh Jesus. Come on. I, I ain't the only crazy family here. I know that. Everybody's got one of those aunts. Everybody does. It's like... When your kids make the most idiotic decision in the world, but yet you still love them. You don't like their ways, but you love them. I thought parents would get a big amen on that one. Come on. Your kids leave you scratching your head a lot, thinking, what in the world? were you thinking? How many parents have said that line? What in the world were you thinking? Now, how many of you parents heard that line from your parents? What goes around comes around. We birthed that. Yeah. That's because of us. Or maybe it's like those weird quirks that your spouse has. And you say, what in the world? Have you ever said, I love you, but I don't like you right now? Uh-huh. We're being honest today. We're laying this all on the altar, Lord. You see, it's who they are. And that's why even though it's weird, it might even annoy you. They might do things that annoy you. You say, why in the world? But at the end of the day, you love them anyways. 
because it's who they are. You don't want to marry somebody and say, okay, now that I've got you, I'm going to completely change who you are. All right? You're going to strip their identity of them. You're not going to love them for who you fell in love with because that's not who they're going to be anymore. That we all have those things, but it's who we are. You see, it's easy to love the person, but it's not always easy to love what they have to offer at times. It should not be this way with God, though. I love the Lord. And obviously, as we just experienced a few moments ago, everybody in this place loves the Lord because he responded to your love in this place. But I most love the things of God as well. I love God, and we should all love God. Everyone in this place needs to love the Lord. But on the same level, we need to love the things of God. There's a lot of people that sit on church pews every Sunday. They love God. But they don't care for the things of God. Because the things of God bring restrictions to who we are. But the things of God can also, if followed and loved, can bring freedom into your life like never before. I don't live this life because somebody's making me live this life. I don't get up on Sundays and preach a message because somebody made me go into ministry. I don't pastor a church because somebody said, you're going to go pastor a church. No, I, I do what I do, and I follow what I follow, and I get into the Word and do what the Word says. Why? Because I love God, and I love the things of God. I love the Word of God. I love to follow the Word of God. I love to be obedient to the Word of God because this right here brings me freedom like nobody else can give me freedom. I can come in here, and I can have the worst day in the world and come in here and walk in the ways of God and I can begin to worship and all that stuff's left behind. I'm telling you right now somebody needs to fall in love with the ways of God as much as you are in love with that God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's his ways that challenge us. It is his ways that shape us. They shape us. That's one thing I love. You think about it. If, if you have a child and you begin to, as a father, you take that child, you begin to shape that child into who they're going to be. You begin to make them into who they're going to be. I've, I've said it multiple times from this pulpit that, that in sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it it's just because you're in their presence. That I, I've told you stories lately that I've had people call me and say, my Lord, you sound just like Rod, which is my dad. You sound just like your dad. You laugh just like your dad. There are things that I do. There are faces that I make sometimes that I realize, like, my goodness, or gestures that I make that I, I, I can see my dad in that. But he was making and molding me because I was his child, and I spent time with him. I loved my dad, and I loved the ways of my dad, so therefore I gave attention to my dad. It wasn't just an empty love of, I love you, Dad, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go over here and let so-and-so shape me and make me into who I'm going to be. But you got my love. I'm going to let so-and-so over here challenge me. I'm, I'm going to let maybe my football coach be the one who challenges me, but, but Dad, don't, don't, you don't need to challenge me, Dad. You just, you just be there. I'll give you love. I'll come to you when I need you. But I'm going to let so-and-so over here who's not invested anything but maybe just a few hours in my life and who causes me pain, I'm going to let them challenge me and shape me. But you just sit right there, Dad. I'll come and give you love when it's convenient for me. See what I'm talking about? That's the difference between loving God and loving the ways of God. It's him that makes us who we are in him. Nobody can make you who you are in him if they're not him. 
That would make sense? Nobody can make you who you're going to be in the kingdom, in his kingdom, if it's not him. Because it's his kingdom. So I'm saying nobody, no man came to me and said, I'm going to make you a preacher. No man came to me and said, I'm going to make you a pastor. Nope. Nope. I'll, I'll, get, I'll be honest with you. I can tell you, more men have failed me in that probably more than anything else. God has never let me down in that. I'm just being straight. Man will make you a lot of promises, but he'll leave you stranded on the side of the road, too, and not think twice. It's God who makes us who we are in him. We need to understand this, that who we are, who we are, who we are, is born of the flesh. But the things of God are of the spirit. John 3, 6 says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So when we begin to birth spiritual things in our lives, we begin to kill off the things of the flesh. There's going to be a replacement. You see, you can't have both. When you start to birth things in the spiritual level, and you begin to add things of God into your life, and the, His ways, His ways cannot come in and be compatible with your ways. They're not compatible. They're compatible. They come in and say, listen, there's room here for one of us. It's either my ways or your ways. So that's why I'm saying today, if we got to fall in love with the ways of God as well, instead of just living in love with God, but still walking in our ways. So that's why loving his ways and following them is going to require faith and not flesh. It requires faith. If you're doing something in your life and you're stepping out on something, you say, I'm stepping out on faith. I talked about it last week. I said in our Faith Sunday, and if you haven't had a chance to fill out your, your faith pledge card, they're right here in the front. And I will tell you that with, within just over 24 hours that we brought in $3,200 in just over 24 hours for Phase 2, Project 2427. Come on. But I said it last week, I said that if, if what you're doing and the, the number you write down does not scare you at all, maybe faith isn't in it. It's easy to say, I'm going to give $100 when you've got 1000 sitting in the bank. It's easy. But the ways of God will challenge us. When you begin to walk by faith and not by flesh, you step out and say, I'm not sure where this is coming from, but God, you laid it on my heart, so therefore I'm going to write this number down, and you're going to make a way. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm not going to walk in the flesh. I'm going to walk in faith. Because loving or living his ways and following him and loving his ways requires faith, not flesh. That's where we as Christians struggle a lot of times. We struggle. It's easier for us to walk in our flesh than it is to walk in faith. You want to know why? You're in control. We have a submission problem. Well, Carrie Underwood nailed it. Jesus, take the wheel. Had to throw that one in there. But think about it. She wasn't talking about her car. She was talking about life. Her life was spinning out of control. And a lot of us, our lives are spinning out of control. And you're just sitting here doing this with the steering wheel. You have no clue where you're going. You have no idea what's ahead. You're just saying, oh, man, what's going to happen? You're trying to keep control when the best thing you could actually do is step into his ways and say, Jesus, just take the wheel. I'll tell you right now, personal experience one time when I was a teenager, I was driving with a friend of mine. We were up in Hilliard, and I was coming down the road, and I was cruising, I was going speed limit, but it was raining, and there was, I was in the right lane, the left lane was completely lined up, packed full of cars, and there was an intersection coming, and there was one of those precious people, hallelujah, 
a pet peeve of mine. Those precious people that's sitting right there at the intersection, and they just look up and they, they look to the person wanting to make a left-hand turn, and they just go, 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 without looking to see if there's a car coming. They're just like, go ahead, right into your death, go ahead. Yes. And they, they'll smile at you the whole way. Yeah. They get mad at me. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'll stay right here. Well, go. And then the smile turns into, well, go. Well, go. And I'm like, no. I see the semi coming. And you didn't even care to look. Be careful who's giving you directions in life. Hallelujah. Some people are trying to set you up to die. My Lord. But we're heading down the road, and someone did that. And the car pulled out as soon as I was getting to the intersection. And I literally closed my eyes, took my hand off the steering wheel, and just said, Jesus. And when I opened my eyes, we were on the other side of that car. The car was behind me, stopped. It stopped and blocked the road. I was on the other side of the car. My friend looked at me and said, what just happened? Nothing. But God was in it. Either he took us over, under, or through it. I don't know what he did. But I can tell you, I was supposed to hit that car. It was there. I saw it. But I said, Jesus, take the wheel. I could have tried to control my way out of that physical, of my flesh. I would have hit them. Who knows what would have happened. But I just gave it to the Lord. It is that simple. If we just walk in his ways. Walk in his ways. I told you it's easy to love God, but it is so easy. It is not so easy to love his ways at times. You say, what's his ways? And I started to think about this and in my studies, I started to look up, you know, just the attributes of God and what, who is God? What does he do? What, what really just kind of, if you could just try to, which you can't put him in a box, but if you could just put him on a page of who is he, it would just take, there's not enough paper. So I thought, okay, we're going to break it down, maybe just, maybe three or four things here. And, and one of the things I, I instantly thought of when you think of who he is, is forgiveness. God is forgiveness. He knows a little bit about forgiving. Amen. If he didn't, we would all be in a lot of trouble. Proverbs 17 and 9 says, He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. Ephesians 4.32, and be kind to one another. Look at your neighbor and say, be kind to me. Tenderhearted. Look at somebody else say, be tenderhearted. And forgiving one another. Yeah. Forgiving one another. There might be people in this room today. You might, there might be somebody in this room that you might need to walk to and say, I love him and I love his ways. In his ways, I need to ask for forgiveness. And that person on the other end says, I love him and I love his ways, so therefore I, I need to give you forgiveness. And then you repair everything and you move on. It's that simple. We carry weights that we don't need to carry around. If we would love his ways and walk in his ways, I promise you, you would live a different life. You would live a different life because it says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgive one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So that tells me if you do not, forgiveness is not coming your way. Colossians 3, 13. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. That if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name 
will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. He's in the business of forgiveness. It's his ways. That's who he is. He is a forgiving God. A forgiving God. And we need to be forgiving people. If we are going to be Christians, which means Christ-like. So to be a Christian, we have to apply his ways to our life. Grace and mercy. Something else that I just could not get around. We begin to think about who he is. Second John uh, 1 and 3 says, Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Son of the Father in truth and love. 2 Timothy 1, 2, that, uh, to Timothy, said, my beloved son, grace and mercy and peace from God the Father, uh, Christ our Lord. And in 2 Peter 1 and 2, that it says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 1, 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Grace and mercy, grace and mercy, it's who he is. Constantly giving grace and mercy where it's not deserved. Grace and mercy. Anybody need some grace and mercy? Even today in this place, I need some grace and mercy. One thing I, I, I thought of too, he's a forgiving God. He's, grace, he's, he's gracious and he's merciful. But one thing that he is, he is patient. How do I know that? Because we have all done a lot of stupid things. And yet he's patient with us. He's patient. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Today I want to look at a biblical example of patience, or maybe the lack thereof. I want to kind of highlight this portion of who God is for ourselves in our own lives today. And I want to, through this story, I want to separate the fact that we need to operate in the faith and not in the flesh, in the spirit and not in who we are. Genesis 16, 1 through 12 says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And that she had a handmaiden, an Egyptian, that, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abr to Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. Now listen, I, I want to point this out. When she says this, she says she's accusing God. She's throwing accusations at God when she says this. She says, The Lord hath restrained me from bearing. Maybe it just wasn't your time. Be careful to throw something off on God when you don't know what tomorrow holds. He says, I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai, and Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram, had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And he went into it went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee, that I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, that I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between me and thee. But Abram said unto Sarah, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand, and do to her as it pleases thee. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, that she fled from her face, and the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way of Shur. And he said, Agar, Sarai's maid, whence comest thou? And whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself unto her. 
in her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly. Even though this was not God's plan. He said, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. That the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art thy with child, and thou shalt bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Ishmael. Because the Lord hath heard thy affliction, and he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. So Abraham and Sarah were not willing to wait on God. Their patience were not there. So they birthed something of the flesh instead of birthing something of God. Abraham loved God, no doubt. Man of God, I don't, I, I don't think you can doubt that he loved the Lord. He loved God. We're not questioning his love for God. Remember, I told you, it's easy to love God. But he didn't love the things of God as much as he loved God. Or you could say he didn't love the ways of God as much as he loved God. I want to share this with you. That's something that the Lord really opened my eyes to this week. Galatians 4, 22 through 31. It says, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. Everybody say, after the flesh. But he of the free woman was born by the promise. Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sinai. It says that gendereth bondage, which is Agar, for this Agar is Mount Sinai in, in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren, that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuteth him that was born after the spirit. Even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be the heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. So their patience, or their impatience, and not walking in the plan of God for their life. Birth something completely different than what God had planned. Something that was not of God was birth because they loved God, but they didn't have the patience and the ways of God. You see, there are things within our lives that have been born out of flesh. And there are things that have been born out of God. You could probably go around the room today and you could probably say, yes, pastor, I, I made this decision and I have to live with this now the rest of my life. God had nothing to do with it. I left him out of the equation. But there are things that God has spoken to you and born into your life that you hold on to and cherish. The things of the flesh you would probably like to do away with. The decisions that you made, you would like to probably tuck back somewhere. We don't have to talk about that anymore. But there are things in your life that are born of God that you wake up every morning to and you cherish because it's his will. 
It's his ways. It's what he wanted. And you have a, a completely different reaction when you begin to board things into your life that are of God and not of flesh. When we love the things of God, when we love his timing, when we love his will, when we love his desires, we are no longer individuals that are a flesh-driven life. But we are of a spirit-driven life. Loving God is simply not enough. Loving God, Abraham, was good. It got you by. But it didn't keep you to where he was taking you. If Abraham was walking in God's ways and loved God's ways, he would have looked at his wife and said, listen, I don't care how old you are. My God has no limits. Before he ever got a visitation from heaven, Abraham, if he was in love with the ways of God, I promise you, he would have said, absolutely not will I take another woman unto me. You are my wife, and I am married unto you. I will not have a child with another woman. No, because God gave me you, and if God wants to give us a baby, and he promised it, we shall have a baby. But he loved God. He didn't love the ways. That was the problem. That was the issue there. Because we know that we know that the scripture says just right there in the next chapter. We, we know what it says in Genesis 17 that it says, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, that the Lord appeared to him. The Lord ended up changing his name to Abraham. And the Lord even told him, I'm going to give you a child. And I will multiply that seed. You, sir, you, I'm going to use you. Sarah, I'm going to give Sarah the baby. I promise you, a promised child I will give you. All you got to do is just love me and love my ways. Be patient and wait. He couldn't wait couldn't wait because we we see back here if you go back in the scripture we see here that that he's he's jumping the gun a little too quick Genesis 16 is where he goes and says no they make the decision Genesis 16 we're going to go and, and we, we can't wait on God anymore and Sarai is is throwing accusations at God and you know, he, he's, he's left me barren. He's cursed me that he won't give me a baby. Next chapter over, God speaks to Abraham. One chapter. One chapter. That's it. And now, still to this day, do you realize that still to this day, the battle between these two boys, one born of flesh, one born of fleshly desires, one saying, I can't, I love God, but I can't wait on him. He's taken too long. I love God, but he's forsaken me, was her approach. I love God, Abraham, I, I, I love God. I, God, I love you. I love you, Lord, but here's an opportunity in the flesh that, you know, I can go, I can go over here, and, and Hagar, she can give me, she can give us a baby right now, God, I, I can do this. And he doesn't even, I, I, I didn't see anywhere in the scripture that he went and asked God's opinion first. He didn't. His wife said, here's what you need to do. Here's my handmaiden. Go over there, have a baby, and we'll be happy. We're going to take this into our own hands. One chapter away. One chapter. God shows up and says, the promise is coming. I'm going to give your wife a baby. But she's old. I have no limits. I have no limits. 
there are things in our lives, hear me today. A lot of us in here, maybe you've been raised in this. And I confirmed it in the very beginning for a reason, that everyone in this room loves God. But I ask you today, do you love his ways? Because if you're not walking in his ways and we are not walking in his ways, we will begin to birth things of the flesh. If we are not walking in his ways, I promise you that there are things, there will be temptations that will come along. There will be people who will wave stuff in your face and they're going to make it sound really, really good. And they're going to say, listen, listen, you don't have to wait to build that building. Don't you wait on a miracle from the Lord. I can supply your need right now. I can tell you right now, and I guarantee you most of you in this room don't know it, but there was somebody who came in who was waving money in my face and sticking money in my hands that was trying to come in and do that very same thing, and God revealed it to me in a dream what they were doing, and I said, you're done. You're not going to be a part of this anymore. They were trying to make a shortcut to God's will, and I said, I'm not going to have that because I refuse to do that in the flesh. That will be done in the spirit. That'll be done in his timing, not my timing. I don't, if it's not done next year, God, if that's your will, that's fine. If it's not done the following year, God, if that's your will, that's fine. But who knows, we might, if we would, if we would sit up and say, listen, we're going to go ahead and go with whatever we can get to, and we're going to make something happen right now, it would fail. And we would fight that fight for years to come. The two boys born in this story, their descendants are still to this day in battles and wars. It's a long-lasting effect when you step out of the ways of God and you try to force something yourself in the flesh. Today as musicians come, I know in this place, here's the thing though. It wasn't over. Just because Abraham made a decision, Sarah made a decision to do their own thing, it did not in any way cancel out the will of God. His plan was still going to unfold. But there was just something they were going to have to deal with in the flesh for years to come. In this place today, I, I want you to understand there are things that you have done, decisions you have made. Yes, you loved God, but there are things that you birthed into your life in the flesh that you're still dealing with. There are things that are there, that extra baggage maybe that you're dealing with today because you maybe weren't patient enough to wait on the Lord. Or, or maybe you said, I'm going to take this into my own hands. I'm going to make something happen. I'm going to do something with my life. And God was saying, just hold up. I'm not ready yet, but you push forward anyways. And here you are. You're dealing with that today. I want somebody to know today it's not too late. To love God for who he is. It's not too late for you to say, God, I love you. But now I'm going to add forgiveness to my life. I'm going to add grace and mercy. I'm going to add some patience to my life. God, I'm going to add your ways and not my ways to my life, Lord. God, I'm going to love you with everything within me. But on the same, on the same level, I'm going to love everything that's in this book. Every commandment you give me, God, I'm going to love it. Every instruction, even every discipline, I'm going to humble myself. And God, today I'm going to start following your ways. Today I'm going to, my, my life's spinning out of control. Today, God, I'm just going to give it to you. I don't know what to do with it, Lord. I've made decisions of the flesh, and it's kind of wrecked some stuff. It's kind of wrecked my life a little bit. But God's saying today, it's not too late. 
You're one chapter away from the promises to be born still in your life. It's not too late for somebody. As we all stand in this place today, I know you might say this message isn't for everybody, but I believe this message is for somebody today. That you feel like you don't know where to go, you don't know what to do with what decisions you have made to brought you to this point. Today is your day to say, God, I'm going to give it all to you. And God's promises that he has had for you for years will begin to unfold in these altars today, I believe. God, my timing, I give it to you, God. My desire, my will, God, I give it to you today. God, today I pick up, I pick up, God, your ways. And I'm going to love your ways. I'm going to love who you are. I'm not just going to love you, but I'm going to love who you are. And I'm going to love your ways today, God. God, I'm not going to, in my impatience, begin to create something myself anymore, God. But I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait on you, God. I'm going to wait on you. So you can do what you want to do in this place. Right now, let's close our eyes. If we could just begin to speak to the Lord in this place. If you're, if you're here today and this message applies to you, I ask you to step out right now. As we begin to pray, once you step out, bring it to an altar. Say, God, I've made some decisions. They weren't great decisions, Lord. God, I'm carrying the baggage of these decisions because I wouldn't wait on you. I loved you, Lord, but I didn't love your ways, God. I didn't love the restriction that you put on me, God. I didn't love the boundaries, God, that your ways had. I didn't love it, Lord. God, but today, 